Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, February 14th, 2023. Happy Valentine's Day. And I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. Our Pleiadian lineup, Starseed Quest to Arkansas, is coming up May 19th through the 22nd. This is a soul family reunion for starseeds with at least one galactic degree on their natal chart. And you can write to crystals at starseedhotline.com for more info. And uh, do keep in mind that the response for this quest has been very strong. Our starseed quest from November uh, last year was possibly the most powerful one yet, not only for the work we did together, but also who was doing it. We're so pleased to have some of that group with us tonight to share the stories of their participation. We've been taking soul groups to the crystal capital of the world since 2012, and each year it becomes more empowering for those who attend. The Starseed Quest has evolved to higher levels of activation as we continue to receive information from, from other realms. Mount Ida, Arkansas, is in Montgomery County, which is the heart of the crystal grid for the entire planet. So the work we do there as a collective has global influence, and that increases the personal empowerment of each person attending. So even if you've joined us in the past, the energy of each group helps to propel our returning alumni even higher than they were before. So as I said, the next gathering will be May 19th through 22 for the May Pleiadian lineup, and we do have a handful of spots still available, although the response has been pretty strong. So if you have at least one galactic marking on your chart, you are eligible to attend. If you feel the call to come but don't know if you have the required markings, just send an email with your complete birth info and make sure you include the exact time as well as place to uh, crystals at starseedhotline.com and we'll be happy to take a quick look. Our main site, of course, is starseedhotline.com. So at the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest and hope to starseeds that you won't hear in the mainstream. Our main website, again, is starseedhotline.com, and the Stage 1 Starseed Confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings and your natal astrological chart, and the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone uh, Zoom session um, with myself, Emerald, um, and Lavendar has now retired from doing sessions so she can finish her book and continue writing for Starseeds. And do remember, if you have a birthday coming up, you're going to get a window of 10 hours of great manifestational power. Uh, you can find out exactly when that happens by requesting your solar return timing. And if you order that a week or two before your birthday, uh, you'll, you'll get it in time. But if you want a reading of that chart, uh, make it about two months before your birthday. So uh, first up tonight, I'm about to, there you are, <laughs> introduce Anastasia with her fascinating Starseed News. Yay! 
Well, hello, everybody. Great to be with you. We're kind of fortunate I kept getting circuit busies on my line. I'm glad I got through. So for a moment, I thought I was going to be able to connect. So here I am. Great to be with you, Ariel. You know it's Valentine's Day, 14th of February. And do you know that yesterday, the 13th of February in 1633, the Italian astronomer Galileo Galilei Galilei, (laughs) arrived in Rome for trial uh, before the Inquisition because he professed belief that the earth revolves around the sun. He was promptly imprisoned and had kind of a miserable ending, but it just goes to show that people can have so many beliefs they're so sure about, and lo and behold, often the the outlier is the one that's correct. So Galileo's kind of been one of my heroes in life. He, He persisted in the truth, and he was proven to be correct. So let's keep that in mind. I salute Galileo. I think it was... A wonderful thing that he did. Informed those who didn't believe it that the earth revolves around the sun and not the other way around. Well, this is cow hug day. Find a cow and hug it if it's not too late where you are and you can find a cow. Because this year, (laughs) India's government is asking citizens to spend Valentine's Day snuggling up with a cow. The country's government, uh, the government-run Animal Welfare Department, announced that cow hug day is a new celebration of India's traditions. It takes place today. Now, they say that Vedic traditions are almost on the verge of extinction due to the progress of Western culture. In Hinduism, cows are revered as sacred and sometimes associated with motherhood. Most Indian states, uh, including Delhi, have banned cattle slaughter, but the Animal Welfare Department describes cattle as the backbone of Indian culture and says that hugging a cow on February 14th will bring emotional richness and increase our individual and collective happiness. <sighs> Trying to... Wow. St- countries struggling to retain or regain their indigenous cultures. It's a lovely thing. Hug a cow day. Bless their hearts. And here, speaking about reality and perception, uh, talking about Galileo a moment ago, um, there's an old saying, if it bleeds, it leads. You know, there are certain things that sell in the press. Well, Americans are more likely now than at any time in the past five decades to say there is more crime in their local area. People believe it. 56% of adults believe that local crime has risen, and nearly 80% believe it's up nationally. That's the perception. However, uh, and by the way, that's the highest opinion in over 30 years. However, the violent crime rate today is half of what it was 30 years ago, And the number of minors arrested for violent crimes has fallen 80% since 1994. There's a vast gulf between actual crime and what people believe about crime in the United States. So there you have it. Don't always believe everything you hear. The facts just don't support the premise. All right, and that's good news. Crime is actually down, even though certain kinds of crimes are up because people are losing their minds. But that's another subject. Anonymous man in the U.S. has walked into the Tur- Turkish embassy and donated $30 million to the earthquake victims. An anonymous man has donated $30 million to the victims in Turkey and Syria. Uh, Pakistan's prime minister has tweeted this news out just on this weekend. Uh, deeply moved by the example of an anonymous Pakistani who walked into Turkish embassy in the United States and donated $30 million for earthquake victims in Turkey and Syria. It was said that these are such glorious acts of philanthropy that will enable humanity to triumph 
over the seemingly insurmountable odds. Isn't that the truth? So much ahead of people, and yet people are stepping up. There's another person I want to bless. Beautiful. And here Mm. is a story dear to my heart. At five years old, a little girl donated her piggy bank to help others. And today, she's a first-time lottery player from northern Ontario. And guess what she won playing the lottery? $48 million jackpot. And she's also the youngest Canadian ever to win such a big prize. She's a student at a university. She bought her winning ticket at the convenience store after her grandfather gave her the idea. Grandpa said to me, you just turned 18. Go buy a lotto ticket. Test your luck, she said. So I did. (laughs) Well, by the way, her last name is Lamour meaning love. (laughs) She said she had forgotten all about the lottery ticket until she heard news that someone from her hometown had won the jackpot. So when she went to check her ticket through her mobile app, a jingle started to play and big winner flashed on the screen. She said, my colleague fell to his knees in disbelief. Now here's where the story gets interesting. Thirteen years ago, there was this uh, uh, publisher that wrote, wrote this heartwarming story about two young sisters emptying their piggy bank to help people in need. Uh, um, She donated everything she had in her piggy bank because there had just been a catastrophic earthquake that hit Haiti. Maybe many of you remember this. Left much of the country in ruins. She really wanted to help. She'd heard that the Canadian Red Cross would be taking donations, and she asked her mother if she could donate her savings. So there went the piggy bank, for a total of $61.38. Well, that five-year-old girl who happily donated all of her savings to charity is now $48 million richer. During the check presentation a couple days ago, Lamore was asked about that story. She was asked, is the universe somehow regarding you or rewarding you now for your childhood act of kindness? I don't know, she replied. Everyone that's reached out to us has always been so positive. I just keep hearing... You know, good things happen to good people. Everything happens for a reason. I don't know why this happened, but I'm really just so grateful, and I'm planning on to do good things with these winnings. And she also says she plans to fulfill her dream of becoming a doctor. Wow. Lovely. Sweet story. Well, there is now in the news a story about the oldest dog ever. Oldest dog on record, that is. Did you hear about it? No. Um, there is, a, and this is a breed that's hard to pronounce. Uh, it's a Spanish name. Refiro do Alento, Alentejo. A Refiro do Alentejo. It's a breed of dog. And, it's been, and his name is Bobby, by the way. You didn't hear about this, Ariel? Wow. No. Well, it, he's been confirmed as the world's oldest living dog and the wo- oldest dog ever by Guinness World Records. Bobby was born on May 11, 1992. He is now 30 years and 267 days old. He is a purebred, a breed known for protecting livestock with an average life expectancy of 12 to 14 years. And Bobby lives with his family in Portugal. Bob's owner, Bobby's owner, is now 38 years old, who describes the dog as very sociable because he grew up with many other animals. And here's the thing. The man said that for Bobby's diet, he's always eaten human food. He said, what we ate, they ate too, meaning the other dogs. And all their dogs lived long. I mean, they all lived 
way over in the 20s. Now, he, he's talking about all the family's dogs. We gave him our food. And he says that he believes that this contributed to Bobby's longevity. Now, the previous world record for the oldest dog ever was Bluey. That was an Australian cattle dog who lived to be 29 years and five months old, according to Guinness. A 30-year-old dog is pretty remarkable. Plus, wow, 30 years and 267 days, pushing 31 years old. There's wow. pictures of him on the net. Look up Bobby, B-O-B-I, the world's oldest dog ever. He's a chunky dog. He looks healthy, looks a little old but happy. And, you know, I remember reading over the years that being scolded for giving the dog human food. Have you have you heard that, Ariel? Not supposed to give them. Oh, oh yeah. It's like, oh, absolutely, no human food. And like, oh, that's absolutely. just one of those misconceptions so, like you were talking about before. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just, it could just be the dog's genes. It could be the dog's level of happiness. It could be a lot of different factors, but... All of these people's dogs lived very long lives, and he. And of course, they probably don't eat the stuff that we eat. But nevertheless, I, I that kind of caught my attention. So hmm. we get programmed very easily in our lives, and uh, I was just that was implanted in me very early. Don't do that. But they ate this dogs ate everything they ate, and now it's the oldest dog in the world. Well, there's a few things happening that I want to share with you. There's lots of things happening, but. Um, some movements to improve the world. So I want to let you know that there's something called the right to disconnect. Well, that isn't like, you know, having the phone disconnect. This is something else. It's about the right to have your employer leave you alone after hours, not call you after work. Now, Kenya is the first African nation to formally discuss this right to disconnect. And this month, the Kenyan parliament is going to vote on a new bill that would bar employers from contacting workers after hours and on weekends. And if they pass this, Kenya would join France, Italy, Belgium, Spain, Ireland, and parts of Canada and Australia that have already enacted rules around when your boss can bother you. All right. And then there's something else, the right to termination. The words that no woman may be deprived of the right to the termination of pregnancy has taken a step closer to being added to France's constitution after being approved by the country's Senate. They said, President Macron's office said, at a time when so many women are still deprived of this right, when countries are taking it away from them or challenging it, France will tirelessly defend it. And some good news about the Amazon rainforest. Deforestation in the Amazon rainforest in Brazil fell for the first time this year, according to a report by Reuters. The decrease is attributed to increased enforcement of environmental regulations and increased monitoring of illegal logging activities, which is good. The Hmm. Brazilian government has implemented several measures to reduce deforestation and preserve the Amazon rainforest, which is critical critical to the global, global ecosystem. That is, boy, that's reversing things. They just hold that position. It's really good for the planet. All right, now this is the weird science thing. This is about dodo birds. A, bio, a biotechnology startup company called Colosso has announced plans to develop an organism gene edited to match the extinct dodo bird. It's the company's third so-called de-extinction project after the woolly mammoth and Tasmanian tiger. 
the Texas-based group revealed it had raised $150 million in its latest funding uh, that was uh, the funding. They raised $150 million. They're trying to get $1 billion for this project. Well, the last sighting of a dodo, which was a tall, flightless bird native to the island of Mauritius off the coast of Madagascar, was recorded in the late 17th century, less than 100 years after Europeans arrived. They tell us that this is going to involve the insertion of a bird egg cell modified as a dodo cell into an existing egg, with a fertilized egg expected to mature and harbor dodo-like reproductive cells. The novel procedure has attracted investment from the venture capital arm of the Central Intelligence Agency and other firms looking to cut uh, to fund cutting-edge technology that it believes will be useful for intelligence gathering. Really? What well, does recreating I, what? a dodo bird have to do with intelligence, I ask you? Mm, that sounds like a conspiracy waiting to happen there. I thought you all might be interested in that. Intelligence, Central Intelligence Agency. Mm, hmm. Spending money on the uh, development of a dodo bird. Okay. That whole thing is just, wow. All right. Questionable. my comment. Here is a wonderful story. Bear with me. It's a, it's a tad lengthy, but I think it's kind of important because we can, well, you'll see. There is a woman who has doing something most unusual. And before I tell you about her, I want to talk about the mega rich. The mega rich are the people with everything. Cars, mansions, yachts, butlers, wish I had some of those. The works, everything, chefs, you name it, they got it. Private planes. But the difference is this particular mega rent, rent rich has a conscience thrown into the mix. The conscience that tells them that all might not be right in the world and that their wealth might be part of the problem. It's something called the Good Ancestor Movement. Quite small, but in their own way, a momentous pocket of the world's unimaginably wealthy were rethinking the whys and wherefores of their bottomless bank accounts. Now, this initiative didn't come out all by itself. It didn't pop out under a rock. This is the initiative of a woman named Stephanie, who is a 36-year-old former city high flyer who spent a decade as a lawyer advising the rich on how to become, well, richer. Now, that was until a few years ago when a factoid shared in a chance conversation with a friend led to something of an epiphany. The stat in question that the United Kingdom now has more food banks than McDonald's stores. She said, when I got my credentials as a lawyer, I got involved in philanthropic communities. I sat on boards, and I thought, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm like, really in touch with these issues. But then when my friend told me about the food banks, I thought, wow, how can I live in the world's fifth most advanced economy and be okay with that? So she quit. She reset and reinvented herself as a wealth manager of an altogether different kind. Her mission in a nutshell is to help very rich people better steward their money. By better, read, uh, when knowing is enough, when knowing enough is enough, and B, resolving how to use it to help build a new, fair, less exploitive economic system. Smell revolution here in the works. So to ease in her millionaire clientele to these ideas, 
She lays on a three-month tailored program of lectures and debates. Interesting. I'll bet that's fun to listen to. The curriculum is unapologetically radical. Topics range from the legacy of Western imperialism and slavery through to reparations, divestment, and the construction of a more equitable, sustainable, reparative world. She said it's the first time they'll be meeting like-minded people and able to have a chance to discuss some of the discomfort that they feel around their wealth and the enormous responsibility that they feel to right wrongs in the world. So she offers a consultancy service. She helps her clients on everything from establishing a cap on their wealth through to identifying chunks of capital that could be given away. Now, just to be clear, this 1,000th percent of the 1% are not like renunciating wealth. Rather than ridding themselves of mammon's largesse entirely, they are easing back. They ask themselves, do I need the Ferrari? Can I shrink my portfolio? Should I pay the tax man my dues? Because they feel discomfort around their wealth, and now they're starting to feel a responsibility to right the wrongs in the world. She said they're not divesting themselves of everything. They're just choosing no longer to participate in extreme wealth. Her concern is that modern capitalism has an indoctrination around the need to accumulate, and the negative effects this perpetuates for all people and the planet. She's realistic. She realizes that a few dozen rich people capping their wealth isn't going to transform rapacious capitalism into something kind and cuddly. Is there really a hope of change? Sure, she says, pointing to similar movements elsewhere. I thought this might be interesting to you. One notable example is the Patriotic Millionaires. This was set up in 2010 in the United States. The group explicitly sets out to recenter the political economy around equality rather than the opposite, like it is right now. Its, la- its latest effort is something you will recognize called Tax the Rich. She said, we totally see ourselves as part of an ecosystem, and our hope is that the mainstream industry will start to embed some of our practices in their own work. For now, she is content with the small early wins that come from having kicked off a conversation among capitalism's chief beneficiaries. So clients who've redefined their relationship to tax, for instance, or who reject tax reliefs to which they are technically, when not morally, eligible. She said, we've all been socialized to keep taking from the system and to keep winning and winning and winning. So to have someone say, "Mm, that's not who I am, she said, that's a big thing. One woman, lots of change. See what we all can do? One person, lots of change. I love it. There are wonderful human beings on this planet. I love each and every one of them, and I love all of you. And speaking of love, at Valentine's Day, I have a quote for you. This is from Antoine de Saint-Exupéry, a Frenchman, of course. He said, love does not consist in gazing at each other, but in looking outward together in the same direction. I'll say amen to that. Yeah. So let us all join arms and hearts and look outward together in the same direction for a better, beautiful world that meets the highest capacities of our souls in love to each other 
in love to all the animals and every living thing. And let's not let a few bad eggs spoil everything for the rest of us. And the way we do that, well, we get active. We hear, let our voices be heard. We work together for change. We stand up for what's right. We speak up for what's right. And we don't judge. We just spread the love and hold firm in the truth. From my heart to each one of you, everybody, have a beautiful night. Much love. Ah, love you all. Thank you, Marielle, for this wonderful opportunity oh. to be with you. Oh, and you're I'm welcome. Go. I love those. I love those stories. <laughs> you think about those for a while. Thanks so yeah. much, and happy Valentine's Day to you too. Thank you, sweetheart. Bye bye. Okay. Talk to you in two weeks. Uh. Okay. All right. Well, I am going to uh, get Lavendar's mic open here. Okay, Lavendar. Yes, well, happy Valentine's Day to everyone that's listening. And I would like to um, say a little bit about our November quest that we had. It was a very unusual um, happening. You never know what's going to happen when a group of starseeds get together. And um, one of the uh, stories that I'm going to read is from Eric. But before I read his story, I want to tell you how I met him. On Friday night when everyone comes in, uh, we, you know, we have name tags. <clears throat> and I walked up to him, and he was very tall. He looked like he was seven foot tall. And I said, oh, I said, um, I'm so glad to meet you. I said, you, re- you remind me of a Nubian. And he informed me that he was 87% Nubian. And, and I said, you know, the Nubians were designed, their bloodlines were designed to carry galactic artifacts like the Ark of the Covenant. And only that bloodline could carry um, high radiation material. And I, I went on and described what I knew about this to him. So that was on Friday. So on Monday, when we had this um, happening happen in the room, um, we all decided to send uh, energies over to the Middle East in, in many different ways. And we had a big cloth a rainbow cloth, and I asked Eric if he would put it on. And so he put it on, and when his, when his arms came up, if you can only imagine a seven-foot Nubian holding this rainbow sheer cloth, then he started flapping it like wings. As we were doing this ceremony for the Middle East, well, it was just over the top. And everyone just really um, experienced many different things at that time. But in my mind's eye, I can still see Eric holding the rainbow cloth and making his arms go up and down like a bird behind all the people that were sending energy to the Middle East. It, it was just, well, it's one of those things you had to been there. <laughs> I'm trying to give yeah. you the I can. The, can, the, can, the, I add, the, can I add some description yes. to that? This, this okay. cloth? iridescent like almost metallic iridescent rainbow in pleats so it was like a giant fan and each wing there was like a a wooden dowel so that it was it really looked like wings iridescent rainbow rainbow wings so go ahead yes so um even after we got home like 14 days later I, i came in the room where the cloth was 
and I came in and I touched it and it 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 kind of shocked me and I went I said Tammy come in here I said we have we have an artifact and Eric he was holding this when this energy came down through him with this rainbow flare I said this is an artifact and I know it so I just wanted to share that with you before I read <clears throat> what he wrote. We actually asked him to come on and speak, but he decided to write it. So let me read it now. I would love for you to read my story of what my quest experience was in November. First and foremost, I really enjoyed my quest and had an amazing out-of-this-world experience in the mountains of Arkansas. I got there and was taken aback by how beautiful the city was and how awesome the fall weather was during that time. When I entered the quest on the first day, I was greeted by people who I felt I'd known all my life and previous lives. They had smiles on their faces, and they greeted each other as though they were brothers and sisters for many lifetimes beyond this one. I was very reserved when I first entered the room because I am super tall but I love to be out of out of the limelight. I can be, also be shy and not so extroverted around people that I do not know personally. Over the days that I was there, we had many different sessions that helped me realize how beautiful each and every energy in the room was in the right space and the right time. We were bonding exponentially, and we were growing as a collective, and healing was at our forefront. When we started the process of healing all suffering of nations where females were not able to express themselves, man, that was a sight to see. And also many different things shifted during this session. I could literally see myself in the skies hovering above earth as a phoenix with my huge wings to heal and make all that was to be cleansed and cleaned. I could feel through each flap that the work was being done and many on the other side of the world would benefit from the work that was occurring without knowing how or why they were advancing above those social limits that once held them down. I can truly say that this quest was one that I will always keep close to my heart and each and every person I came into contact with. I can say a big ho, ho, and healing to anyone that seeks their starseed family and journey on this amazing quest, and it's signed, Eric. So I just want to um, say kudos to Eric for not only writing this, but for standing and holding the point and the energies of what happened in that room. There were times when I turned around after it was over. He was over in the corner, and, and I thought, oh, my goodness, is he okay? <laughs> he had gone to the floor. And he was covered up by this beautiful cloth. But but then later I realized that an energy had literally come down and was working through him. And now I really can appreciate uh, how how when it when it left, it left him crumpled on the floor. And it was like whoa, that was some pretty strong medicine that happened. So Ariel, would you like to comment on anything that you would like to to say about this particular? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, even I was there, and even hearing it through, you know, through Eric's words, it just gave me chills. I mean, up and down my whole body, just chills as I was kind of reliving that. And and he kept, he held the point. Um, I like, I don't think like anybody I've ever seen before. 
holding oh, the point. We've never and had I, any. Yeah, we've never we've had never anything had like that happen. Like him anyway. So, but yeah, and I remember thinking that. Well, his arms must be getting tired because it took quite a while. I mean, if you just stand with your arms out, you know, they start getting feeling really heavy quick. At least mine do. But but he he was just in the in the in the zone in the moment, and he held point for some very mighty work. And yeah, when he when it was over, he had to go, you know, kind of go sit down and, and recoup. But he did. I mean, he he snapped back. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm so I'm so grateful that I got to witness that. Well, the thing that occurred to me was his Nubian bloodline. They were designed to hold galactic artifacts, but what I realized is they can also activate artifacts. Is <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if anyone ever is going to be able to wear that, uh, those wings again, <laughs> except for Eric. <laughs> That's probably right. So yeah. I know that you have invited a lot of people to be on the show tonight, so I'm turning the, turning the show back over to you, Ariel. Okay. Okay. Well, um, first up, I am going to, let's say I'm looking for Ginger, so I'm looking on the switchboard, and I know you're there. There, there you are. Here I am. Okay. Hey. Hey. Well, Ginger, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. And um, um, would you just kind of tell us that you've been to a few quests. So, you know, tell us what, you know, your first impression and then your later impression and anything um, especially that comes to your mind. Sure. Um when I first found the quest, I was a little bit intimidated because I did not know anything about who I am. And I felt like I was going to be walking into this group of all-knowing, evolved, you know, highest spiritual beings and that, that didn't, like, walk on the same dirt as I did. And <laughs> what I know, and what happened was, you know, all of my life feeling like the the weird one in this group of normal people, yeah, that didn't happen. So I was not weird in this group of people. And when <laughs> I left, I instead of thinking I really didn't know who I was, when I left, I really knew that I had never had any idea of who I really am. I mean, it was it was amazing the level of energy that, you know, when all of those people come together – there is no way you can leave the same person as you walked in. There's just no way. Um, and every time I go, I feel like I got bigger. Like my energy is coming out of my body. I can't contain myself. Um, you know, <laughs> it takes me weeks to, to land afterward. Um, and I'm just not the same person. I, I get up in the morning different. I see the world differently. Um, you know, I'm still walk in the same little 3D footsteps, but I'm, I'm just way bigger than my 3D feet. <laughs> I understand exactly what you're saying. You know, yeah, yeah. Like I outgrew my body. Shoot, when you guys were talking about Eric and the wings, um, 
you know, at that moment that was happening, I thought that my body was going to vibrate apart and, you know, my limbs were going to go flying. That was the most intense energy. And every time I go, I feel like there's something like that where, like, the energy is so intense that I could not stand anymore. Of course, I go back for more, and then, you know, I do, you know, it's always, like, different. And it's always bigger than the last one. Yeah, well, that yeah, that was my one of my opening points is that the quest keeps evolving. So it's not like cookie cutter every say you know every group gets the exact same thing because right. every group is different, and you know and Lavendar has the wisdom to assess the collective and and see how far they can go. Yeah, and and it's amazing because um, each quest. I have met people, like, I've heard you talk about, well, yeah, they're soul family. And, but to experience soul family is to experience something that is just not of this world. It's a, you know, the first quest, I, I met a couple of people that I really um, felt a bond with, and we've kept in contact. And then the, the second quest, it's like every time I go, I see somebody, I recognize them at the soul level, and the first thing I want to do is say, oh, my gosh, where have you been the last 40 years? Where did you land? Who were your parents? What have you been doing? You know, catch me up, catch me up. Um, and I'm, and the, the best part of it all is that it is totally reciprocated. So everybody feels that. It wasn't just me. I was walking around going, oh, my God, like there's a room full of me here. This is great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, you know, that is, you know, kind of a, a testament to Lavendar's discovery of star markings because, oh, yeah, absolutely. you know, that's the filter, you know, before. You, and then there's another level, you know, so so you've got the, the chart that has the galactic marking. You've got the starseed, you know, uh, confirmation. And then the then there's, you know, the next level because we have found – over the years, and I've actually kind of lost count uh, of uh, like 35 quests or something like that. Uh, we have we have come to know that people can sign up and not be able to walk through the door because yeah. there's or, there's orchestration coming from the Pleiadians. And well, so, you know. I totally believe that because of the things that I've seen when I'm over there. You know, I mean, it's hearing it and hearing you talk about it and hearing Lavendar say that and, and totally believing it. But then walking into it and, like, they visit and you see them and then you go, oh, my, oh, my, I'm trying to watch my language here, but, oh, my gosh, they're really here. I can't believe it. I mean, you said they were. But, like, they're totally there orchestrating everything. It is the most amazing thing that everything is orchestrated to in the way that you walk in and feel like you just found everybody again. You know, and, and sometimes the orchestration has to be from, you know, obviously from their galactic perspective. But it's like, okay, you've got the galactic degree, but you don't have that many records with this group. So we're going we're gonna to put a block up because we want you to come to the next or, you know, to another group. 
it's something yeah. like that, and I'm just I'm just using 3D um, concepts to explain that, but it's definitely yeah. orchestrated. And if someone can walk through the door, um, then they're part of that family, and the recognition is there. So, yeah, um, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And then well, working it, with the Jesus, oh, my goodness, that is absolutely incredible. I mean, the things that I have been exposed to every time I go, I mean, you you might look at it with 3D eyes and say it's a group of people getting together, but it's just not. I mean, I think that every person gets what they're ready for or gets, um, uh, I don't know what the word would be, like you're turning up the volume a notch on who you mm-hmm. are. And, you know, that happens to everybody. Everybody that I talk to, that happens. They keep going back because it's like um, the battery charger. Okay, I've been gone for three months. It's time to go back. <laughs> yeah, it is like a battery charger. That's a, that's a good analysis. Um, and and, the, and then the battery capacity keeps growing. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Have you been to this before? Yeah. Well, it's 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 very um, heartwarming, you know, uh, from from our end to just you know once we do the work and organizing and making the plans and you know doing all the email and that 3D kind of stuff, then once the people show up, then we get to just kind of watch and and see (laughs) see the magic happening. Yeah. That must be awesome. You really, though, I am so grateful that the three of you have held this space and created this space over time because I wasn't ready to do this 10 years ago, obviously. But when I was ready, I was about to explode and I needed to find you. And there you were with this space that's already been created and growing all the while. I mean, I just, I, I am just really grateful. I feel very honored to be a part of um helping the planet in my own way and it doesn't have to be anybody else's and going to quest actually really helped me to to be okay with that yeah, well i mean all star seeds feel like <clears throat> like they they have a mission and they're not doing enough yeah you know and when you when you go there <clears throat> you really get to do something that you think okay I've been I've yep. been building I've been building, you know, my whole life to get to this level so now yeah. I can step up, you know, and get on the uh on the springboard. So yes. it, it really, you know, and another um another thing uh is that because it's at the heart of the crystal grid, the collective energy of every group is imprinted in that same room. So when the new group yeah. comes in, you know, they are already stepping onto a platform that has been elevated for them. Yeah. So yeah. they're not starting at ground level like the first group in October of 2012. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like our ancestors. Well, exactly. Yeah, your your starseed mm-hmm. ancestors. Yeah. 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 Great. And the crystals. Oh my gosh, the way that the crystals talk to you and and jump out at you and, you know, getting up there on that mountain. There's just nothing like a quest. There's nothing. I start feeling them now. So even if I'm not going to a quest, I feel the energy. 
So it's just, I mean, it's beyond explanation, and it's it's wild. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's a, um, I'm gonna say maybe like a a golden cord. Yeah. Once once you've been to a quest, even if you know, even if you only go uh, once every couple of years, or whenever you feel the call, and people do feel yeah. the call. You know, it's like, no, I really want to go, but I, I'm not. I'm just not feeling. And then when it's like, oh my God, it's like someone's got a hook around their neck. It's like you have to go, you have to go. Um, those are, that's that's kind of like the the uh, your your star family, your Pleiadian family's way of saying you're going. <laughs> you you need to be yeah. there because because you have part of the equation. Yeah. That that is that fits with this particular group. Yeah, it's it's amazing, amazing. God, well, thank you so much for taking the time to to share um, your story with our audience, and of course, we will we will look forward to giving you a big giant hug in person the next time we see you. Yes, absolutely. See you. Thanks for letting me come on. Oh, it's our pleasure. Thank you so much, Ginger. All righty, bye-bye. Okay, okay bye-bye. bye-bye. Okay, well, um, David, I'm coming to you next as soon as I find you on the switchboard. Okay, get that mic open. Okay, hey, David. Hey, how are you? It's so good to hear your voice, so good to hear Lavendar's voice. Um, oh. It's. Uh, can you hear me okay? Yes, Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Great. Well, Ginger is all full of excitement, isn't she? It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, I appreciate the chance to to talk with you today uh, and share uh, with all the listeners just a few feelings and memories and highlights of of uh, this latest quest. This is my second quest. I went to. My first one was in November of 21, and then in November of last year. And, uh, yeah, it, there's some similarities in one quest to another, but there's uh, really a lot of differences um, where you feel like it's each, each time is a very unique experience. And I just remember when my first quest, and I walked into the room, and I talked to Lavendar, and I've heard so much about you and Lavendar and Tammy uh, from my son, Trin. And uh, so there's Lavendar and she turns around, she beams at me like, like Miss Sunshine. And mm-hmm. she says, she says, do you know who you are? Right. So you love that as your introduction. It's not like, <laughs> Hey, it's great to see you. No. Do you know who you are? And uh, that op- actually that statement opened me up to say, okay, I think I better be on point here so I can find out as much as who I uh, of who I am as possible. So uh, the first quest for me was uh, really opening up uh, the box of present, and uh, a lot of it was you know involving. I think I can say this on on here about the Tula. Mm-hmm. And uh, then it moved uh, to a deeper resonance uh, about uh, my my role and who I was in that whole process. And I will tell you that I experienced magic both times. 
And and I don't say that lightly because uh, I can I can be as careful and and as skeptical I suppose as possible. But I would my heart was opened by uh, my interactions with Lavendar, having um, the readings by her, the interpretation by her, uh, getting to know her and feeling comfortable, and then my son uh, doing the same thing. So on this last experience, I, I could go on, but this last experience, uh, as Lavendar was describing Eric, it was <laughs> it was truly stunning. Um, I will never, ever forget uh, how wide those wings stretched, uh, how tall they were, uh, and how absolutely full of pure love Eric was. And if any of you ever have a chance to listen to Eric sing, wow. It's a combination of George Benson, some Luther Vandross uh, thrown in, uh, and a few others that... uh, his voice is just so rich, and the songs that he sang were just so transcending. I, you know, when you go to a cocktail party and you're having a conversation and you, you say, well, what do you do for a living and so on, um, both, both quests were like a cosmic cocktail party. It was uh, going very deeply, very quickly into realms that, uh, you seem very fluent with, and they were fluent with your conversation. There really wasn't, it wasn't a competition by any means, but you just felt comfortable sharing things. And the person you were talking to or the group would come back with um, another uh, observation or insight or experience. And you just kept drilling deeper and deeper and deeper. And so for me, this was uh, a wonderful experience because I always felt comfortable talking about themes that normally you would never uh, talk about uh, outside of something like this. And so my experience uh, was very formidable. Um, I, I remember just uh, the experience of looking in the mirror and turning around to, gro- to gre- uh, greet the people. And I instinctively put forth a gesture that I had not thought about, but it was absolutely perfect because I was sort of self-conscious about what I had done. And then I looked up on the Internet and I said, no, that was perfect. That was spirit uh, basically reinforcing uh, who you were in Tula and the kind of sign and gesture and what the meaning of that was. And then, you know, both the power circles at the end, um, the the one in 21 in November and then this one were so powerful uh, in terms of just really extending our power, our faith to particularly the women who are so oppressed in the the Middle East, uh, and it united all of us in such a deep way. Uh, we had people, you know, just say, "I'm I feel like we're family now." I mean, truly, family. We have someone that we met at the Quest uh, bought a home in Arkansas and said, "This is your home too." And it's that kind of of feeling and connection that are that's so profound. 
that everybody could be themselves and feel absolutely comfortable and genuine and authentic. So that in itself is a great gift. And then just watching Lavendar and Tammy and Ariel just work their magic. And you can see, you know, particularly uh, Lavendar, but each of them were just sort of going introspectively as they're speaking. What do I say next? Should I say it this way? Should I say it that way? In other words, how do I follow spirit? How do I, how do I follow the, the promptings, the insights, the intuitions to share what this group needs? And, and so for me, both times have really been life-altering and uh, have fed my spirit. I, I, I came home both times, and I just filled pages and pages in my journal. Uh, because there was just so much to take in that I never, ever wanted to forget. Oh. Yeah, that's that's probably something we should start suggesting. Is because, it, I mean, there's so much packed into those days that, mm-hmm. um, I mean, and sometimes I, I forget. You know, and Tammy Lavendar is like, oh, remember when this happened or whatever? It's like, was I in the room? Because <laughs> it just yeah. it, it, the energies are so intense that <clears throat> yeah, it's a good idea. It, while they're still fresh in your mind, to write oh, them yeah. down. Yeah, I, I I forget too quickly, and I can go back now and look at that, and I read the words, and the vision, uh, and the feelings just come back. I can relive it over and over and over again. Oh, that's yeah. that's excellent. Yeah, and I think I mean I'm serious. We're we're going to start recommending mm-hmm. that for everybody. <laughs> Journal your experience while it's still fresh in your mind. Yeah. Well, yeah. I I thank you for the opportunity to share some thoughts. I can I could go into more uh, personal experiences, but I hope that I have conveyed uh, just how impactful it has been for me and for my son. Uh, my wife joined us this past November, her first time. Uh, it was very impactful uh, for her as well. And uh, it just was fluid. It, it just felt like we were with our peeps again and had, had never met in this incarnation. But once we saw each other, oh, I remember you. I remember you. And I remember I, I was looking at this one woman um, as Tammy was telling the story of the tool, and I said, you were one of those. And they were talking about the warrior women. I said, you were one of those. And she looked at me and said, I know. I know. You're right. I could, she, just, she just morphed into that vision. So it's those kinds wow. of experiences that we can be gifted with. Yeah, very powerful. Well, you surely added um, to the collective you know, and and Marianne as well, a delightful, delightful lady. And, you know, we've loved Trin for years. So um, <laughs> it was nice to see the whole family. Mm. And that's that's probably something that a lot of people um, will never get to experience, where, you know, the mother, the father, and the child all and the same, yeah. you know, and on the same key, in the same alignment and sharing this experience um, that was really a, a privilege to see how, how your whole family showed up. Yeah, I, we, we had a variety of people um, make that comment to say just how inspiring it was to see this 
um, and how they still held out hope that something like this could happen uh, in their family, to have the spouse, to have at least one child. And so we have that bond that will never leave us because of what we experienced together. Ah, well, that's just great. And um, I, I would like to make a comment about what you said um, when, uh, because on the on that that one night we we celebrated um, Lavendar's birthday, and that's when we had mm-hmm. uh, some live music, and uh, I was bowled away, you know, as almost everybody knows. You know, I've been a professional singer musician up until the time I met Lavendar, and then I kind of switched tracks, but I still love that music. When I heard Eric sing, I just like told him afterwards, I said, oh, man, you've got a future in music. Did you know that? Uh, I mean, yeah, the voice of an angel from a, 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 you well, know, a gentle, gentle you know, soul. You would, you would know, Ariel, uh, you'd be the talent scout uh, because uh, I had no idea that you could rock it like you did. And 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 sing with such passion, uh, and it was a beautiful voice. I I just loved how you just felt safe enough to really express yourself through song, and express spirit through song. It was it was a magical evening, and it was an evening that Lavendar completely and fully deserved. Um, and it was an honor to have witnessed. Um, that whole experience, to see her honored, to see her so reflecting of all the years, uh, the memories that came up, I'm sure, were were flooding, and the pictures that she showed to us of uh, her life journey um, and her stories, uh, it, was, it was magical. So thank you, Lavendar, for sharing all that you did and Ariel and, and Tammy for really making it happen. It was, it was never to be forgotten. Truly wonderful. Well, I agree. And we so appreciate you coming on to, to share um, your experience and, um, you know, provide some inspiration, uh, you know, people that, that feel like, like you said, they they have to you know they have to bite their tongue when you when you know when you're living in the 3D yeah. uh, you know you can't be talking about the things that you truly deeply believe because mm-hmm. uh, of fear of judgment. But mm-hmm. everybody says when they walk in, it's like I can say anything I want, and I know I'm not going to be judged, and they're going to agree with me. <laughs> so that is liberating oh. in itself. Well, you know, I'm sitting down to one gentleman that I, I've never met before, um, and he pretty well sort of stayed to himself, uh, but I found him really interesting. And I sat down with him, and we were talking. He says, hey, do you want to see some pictures of some fairies? Well, well yeah, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, you know, that's not typically something that you talk about the first time you meet a person. Hey, I'll show you some pictures of some fairies. Would you like to see that? Uh, and we're sharing conversations about fairies. Um, so it, it's, it runs the gamut, and you're just, you're just in awe that we could go so deep so quickly, so comfortably. Yeah, yeah that really sums it up. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, thank you so thank much, you. David. Yeah, well, give Marianne a hug for us, yeah. okay? I will be glad to. 
Sure. Okay. Thanks. All Bye. right. You take care, sweetie. Until the next time. Okay. Sounds great. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. All right, then. Well, uh, let's see. I'm going to – I'm looking for Angela next, and then, uh, Cynthia, it will be your turn. So uh, let's see. Here we go. Okay, Angela. Hello. Hello. Yay, hello. Hi, how are you? Hi. <laughs> so good to be on the show. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. We're glad you're here. Absolutely. So I'm I'm so glad that everybody was talking about the last quest because the power was just off the charts. Um, I've been to, I think, about six quests now. And over a period of, I think it's coming on five years now, and to watch watch the quest evolve and watch myself evolve with the quest, my journey has been more of like a journey of personal transformation and personal empowerment. And I kind of feel like I want to talk a little bit about personal transformation because I feel like there might be some people listening who, like me, have been in disempowering life circumstances. And I just want to talk about how much my life has changed completely since the very first, from, since walking into the very first quest. And um, watching myself evolve with all of the quests, it has been mind-blowing, truly. The, the, the woman who walked into the first quest four years ago is not the woman who walked into the last quest in November. Completely different, lots of transformation. Every aspect of my life has changed from where I live, the people in my life, how I generate income. Um, and, you know, because when we're at the quest, we're, we're exposed to all the codes in the land and, and the crystal grid and all of the codes in our star family that, you know, that we're sharing space with and that we're being reunited with. And, um, um, you know, and experiencing the upgrades and the activations can be really mind-blowing. And, um, uh, you know, we're making connections with people. Um, and just that alone can change the trajectory of your entire life. I mean, you never know where even one connection can take you and, you know, how you can change each other's lives as well. And when we return home, we're, we're changed. Um, and for me, what it's been like is now that I'm changed, I might need to, like, make some different choices in my life because, you know, like our our outer reality is a projection of our inner reality. And then and when we attend the quest, we change our inner reality and, and we begin to see our life circumstances through like through through a different lens. And um, you know, we can start asking ourselves questions like, you know, am I truly living an empowered life? Am I moving toward my greatest joy? Am I living a life of self love and am I genuinely happy? And, and, you know, depending on, you know, what, what you think about those things in your life, um, you know, can, can you maybe make changes to start moving toward all of that? And that's what I had to do. Um, I, I ended up making changes in my life from the beginning and just slowly started making changes. And, and suddenly my life is completely different. And um, so, you know, I mean, we, we didn't 
we didn't come here to live an easy life. We we came here to bust the system. We came here to do things differently, you know, and, uh-huh. and to live bravely and, and to look at our life patterns and, and see how they're being guided by societal programming. And then what what can we do with that? Can, can we bring awareness to that? And how can I live a life of empowerment and, and authenticity and, and just true self-love? Like, how can I love myself fiercely? What changes can I make to move toward that? And when we do that, we're moving toward, like, our natural design and our natural state, which ultimately, you know, leads to our greatest joy and happiness. And, you know, sometimes we have to go through a little bit of messiness to create, you know, something beautiful. And um, four years ago, I could not have even begun to imagine where my life has taken me now. I mean, not even in my wildest dreams could I have imagined where my life would be now four years ago. You know, I, I would have said, oh, no way, really? <laughs> but I've, like, I've witnessed magic at the quest. I have now witnessed real magic in my life at home, like the high strangeness that Lavendar talks about, things appearing and disappearing and it's like what (laughs) you know um anyway i i i just can't even um express how grateful i am for the opportunity that you guys provide for starseeds because the transformation can be just mind-blowing i mean things you can't even imagine it's like you get on an energy wave when when you get when you when you go to the quest and then it's up to you to decide where are you going to drive that energy wave you know what i mean where are you Mm going to direct it what what's your highest possible timeline you could create with that energy and um and that's that's that has been my story is is like getting on this energy of an upward spiral it's like um it's like getting on a spaceship and warp speed upward spiral. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's, compared yeah. to what my life would have been, not going to the quest. I mean, I, I just can't imagine. I, I, I'm so grateful, like I said. And life is so different, and I'm so happy. And, and my life is magical. And every quest that I have been to, I look back, and there was at least one person, but usually two or more, a person that I had to meet that is now in my close circle of friendships. And, um, and, and having, you know, that many people, powerful starseeds of, you know, being reunited with your family that close to you, it changes your whole life. It really does. Oh, sure. Sure. And as you, you collaborate um, you know, mm-hmm. having someone that, that keeps you, you keep each other powered up because you have that mm-hmm. bond. Yeah, absolutely. And it definitely, yeah, and, and I'm collaborating with some people with, you know, the um, I, I started a business before and um, I create Organite and now I'm starting another business. And, um, and it's also collaborating, collaborating with other people as well. Um, star seeds and it's just the connections it's like like the spider web right it just keeps growing and growing out and mm-hmm. you know yeah it's it's amazing well, and I can't even begin to say enough <laughs> well I mean and you 
um, after you know um, after you got your initial uh, starseed confirmation, it wasn't much longer um, when you told your mom to do it, and then oh, she got hers. No. And now you know, <laughs> like 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 David and Trin, you brought your mom to the quest a couple of times, and she is just yes. delightful. I mean, just the, as sweet as can be. Um, and and I think that is so wonderful. Um, unfortunately, rare that you know that mm-hmm. children can share something like that with a parent on that level. But you have yes. to remember, you know, she's the one who brought you in. So, and, you know, yeah. four years ago, if I would have talked to her about, you know, aliens or the Pleiadians, uh, you know, it would have been brushed off. You know, oh, that's not real. But now she's just like all there completely, completely to the point now where she's even, you know, telling me stuff. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> So, yeah, to watch that has just been um, so, so near and dear to my heart to now the relationship I have with my mother is just a whole other level that I I just, I I can't even describe how grateful I am to, to have, to be able to share that with her. It just, yeah, 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 that's so grateful. That is, that's a, a beautiful, a beautiful thing. And now they're thinking mm-hmm. we've had we've had we've had sisters we've had brother and sister um, mm-hmm. we've had we've had a multiple combinations of family you know like like biological family um, and then they mm-hmm. step up and and meet their soul family and that's just got layers mm-hmm. of good stuff yeah yeah absolutely. And, and um, you know, every quest that I've been to, I think I have said every single time, wow, that was like the most powerful quest. Like each time I have said that, no, this was the most powerful one. No, this was the most powerful one. But I've got to tell you, after that November quest, I don't know how, how that could be topped. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the power was off the charts. And, you know, I personally had an activation there that just – blew my mind and blew me away and it it took I could hardly even eat for a whole week after I got home it just I was integrating so much and um and so much more personal in fact this is funny I started singing after the last quest (laughs) really like something happened with my voice and like when I was driving home I, I started singing and my mother's looking at me and I'm like and I started looking at myself, and I just, uh, that's interesting. My voice is different. I, I can sing better. <laughs> wow. It was really funny. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, well, um, there's all kinds of, of latent, latent abilities can be um, turned on um, just getting, you know, getting into that environment. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we've seen that with a lot of people. But it's just so nice yeah. of you to to join in tonight and uh, share your um, perceptions and experiences. And I know we're going to see you again. So absolutely. Uh, un- until that, you know, until that 3D hug, I'm going to just hug you yes. uh, in energy and say thank you so much, Angela. Thank you, Ariel. Okay. Take care.
Bye-bye. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Wow. Man, it's all coming back to me. All the little details of, of the November quest um, is just kind of coming back. And there you are, Cynthia. I'm looking for you on the switchboard here. Hi, this is okay. Cynthia Ritchie. Hi, Cynthia. You hear me okay? Yes, I can. Excellent. So um, you have been what, to two quests? Three. Okay. And um, can you kind of like put them in perspective and uh, tell us how yes, how you feel about it? Well, I walked into quests already knowing who I was, already having downloads, activations, and in my daily practice of empowerment. And I kept getting, you need to get other healers and people together. You need to collaborate. And a friend of mine that I work with, she looked across the room and she goes, have you ever heard of Starseed Hotline? And I said, no. And so I, I really didn't know much about astrology. She sent me to get a reading. And then I was invited. And I walked in. And you don't know until you know. When you walk into a room, you didn't know what you were missing. And you, just as the other two, David and Angela, said earlier, you walk into family. You walk into brothers and sisters, and you can be 100% completely yourself. To, sh- to share with somebody, oh, my gosh, I had a download about this, or being able to directly share something, and you're not crazy, The yeah. support, <laughs> I, for one, the second quest I went, walked into uh, a very fun, wonderful artist lady named Mari. She didn't even know who I was and, and hadn't met her before. And she goes, yes, I do. I see it. I will come. And I'm like, see what? And she goes, you're painting. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know, we just know each other, even at the visceral or etheric level right away. And as Angela said, instant friendships and relationships and connections start happening. And they do. People become part of your soul family, your soul family literally into a physical family on this time and space. Mm -hmm. And what I find beautiful at Quest is watching others take their power and being with them in 100% support. Those ceremonies that we do at the end that change people's lives, and I love listening. There is, in every component of the quest, I I can see energies. I can see energies moving in the room and looking around, does anybody else see that? And not sure, but there is so much going on at every aspect and every level, even if you think you're just sitting there. So I do invite people to just show up. If you just show up, you will be transformed and evolved into the person you have always wanted to be, didn't know you could be. And at the third quest, I invited my husband to go. And my husband has been witness to many of my crazies, and for him to walk into a room and see that what's crazy is that the rest of the world doesn't know who they are, that they're not empowered, that they're blind. And to share that with my husband and have him join in and everyone received him with such warmth and love 
David and Trin and their family just held him in complete support during the medical issues he was having. And nothing makes you feel more like family than that. Yeah. So I... So in my recommendations and going is show up. Be in wonder what you're available for while you're there and know that each connection we make with each other changes the world. You know, what starts here expands. It has a ripple butterfly effect. And what I have received most is the connections with other people working with others, supporting. Am I going to work with every single person in the room? No, but finding which ones we're going to work together with where we kind of click in, and then who knows, maybe in five years somebody else will click in, right, and Mm -hmm. making a stronger foundation for the world we'd love to manifest and create into love. (laughs) And so that's what I had to share and it's a remarkable you, experience. Hmm? I would say, would you, would you? And I'm just listening to you know through your eyes here that there are people with whom you have made agreements in other lifetimes, and when you walk mm-hmm. into the room where they are, you just know it's them. So, you know, do you have agreements with everyone who walks in? No. But the ones that you do have agreements with, that's part of this Pleiadian orchestration where it's like, okay, she's going to be there. You need to be there too. And it just, it seems like, you know, synchronicity, um, but it's, it's really by design. And, you know, we don't have anything to do with that. You know, we 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 buy the, we buy the groceries, but someone else cooks the meal, so to speak. Um, you know, in, in doing the organizing, but when the group comes together, then it has a life of its own. Exactly, the showing up is what I recommend for people to do. Because you don't, if you don't show up, you don't know what's available for you, and the exquisite work that you that integral piece. You, you know, whatever your force of nature might be your beautiful gift and when it syncs up with somebody else it magnifies so um, for those that don't quite know their gifts yet keep coming and keep showing up and you will unfold and you will unfold with the collective in support as a group absolutely wow well it is it is you know it's really great because um uh, in, in contrast to what Angela said, you know, the first time she came, she had, she didn't know who she was, and and then someone like you, who you knew exactly who you were, and you still came. So regardless of what level you're on, there's always a level up, <laughs> you know, and so, yes. you know, every everybody, no matter how evolved, experienced well-trained, well-versed, you know, cognizant, there's always a next higher level, regardless of where you started off. So um, it was nice to have that that contrast, because you don't have to know who you are. If you just show up, you're going to find out. And if you already do, then you expand and you can, you know, include other people. 
in your uh, in your collaborations. And as Angela was speaking about the gifts that come in, you know, just in the ask or showing up, I have to say when I came back from the third quest, I now have the ability to feel electrical energy discharging out of people's fascia tissues and their energy fields, whether they're in front of me or not, and moving out traumas out of the body and another way of freeing people from the programming that is holding mm-hmm. them down. And so why not show up? You don't know. Everything is going to happen for you when you go there. And your intent is in with the love. And I haven't met one person at Quest is, that is there for selfish reasons. Everybody wants to help somebody or do something to improve the world, but they can't sometimes get out of their own way or their own trauma or their own blindness, and coming into this space will help you. It will help clear you. Yeah. So, And even you know, someone like you who already, you already had your kind of mojo going, now you have mm-hmm. an extra tool that helps you do it even better. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. That's just a, a great thing, and I'm so so grateful that you um, had the time to come on and share your uh, thoughts with us, and we look forward to seeing you at another quest. Okay. I look forward to it also. Thank you for inviting me tonight. Okay. Oh, it's our pleasure. Thank you so much, Cynthia. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that is our show for tonight, and uh, if you have any questions, if you are thinking about uh, coming to a quest, remember, as I said in the very beginning, uh, we've only got like six spots left, so um, don't wait around too long, and if you you don't know if you have the required star markings, uh, just shoot an email to crystals at starseedhotline.com and I'll be happy to take a quick look at your chart and let you know and we'll go from there. So thank you for spending your Valentine's Day with us uh, and um, so big hearts and love to all of you and remember hold compassion in your heart, abandon judgment and live in gratitude. Until next time, good night, everyone. You've been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com. 